Hi, good afternoon, and welcome back to Real Estate Keeping It Simple. Yeah, I'm still your host, Ray Dove, with REMAX Eastside Brokers, Inc., here in the Seattle Bellevue, Washington area. I thought on this podcast this week, and every week going forward, in addition to my updates on the marketplace, which I'll do later in the week, I thought we would do a, a segment called Lori's Mortgage Minute. So I'm going to introduce you to Lori, as she calls it, awesome, at uh, Washington uh, First Mortgage. She's going to kind of give us a snapshot of what's taking place currently today with home loans and mortgages and interest rates and what maybe her company and, and what she thinks is going to happen to interest rates going forward and what that might mean to you in terms of getting a mortgage, getting approved. And she's also going to talk on a weekly basis about the things that you could do to help position yourself to get the best possible loan and the best possible interest rate with the best possible terms. So with that, welcome, Lori. The show is all yours. Thank you, Ray. Hi, I'm Lori Osmus with Washington First Mortgage, and it's Osmus, A-U-S-M-U-S, and my license number is 116156. I'm a licensed mortgage broker uh, with Washington First Mortgage. Why that is important to you is a mortgage broker is very different from a bank. I have about probably 50 lenders that I can shop the interest rate with when you apply for a loan with, with, with my company. I only have to pull the credit report one time, and I'm able to go to at least 50 lenders and see who has the best interest rate or the best terms for your transaction. Now, if you go online and apply for a mortgage, you're going to get that lead gets sold, and then those leads call you and they all want to pull a credit report before they quote you. And so it's just, it's out, it's better if you can to avoid that because you're going to get calls for months, probably years after you. So anyway, that's just a, um, a thought I had to share. And Well, just for a firsthand experience, I, I thought I own some other properties and I thought I would at least see what the interest rates that they were saying they had so I reached out to a couple of lenders on a property out of state and you're right I keep getting emails and calls trying to encourage me to do something now or later and then I say okay well let's go ahead and give me your best shot and the rate was so far off from what they were promoting and I know what my credit is and I know what my cash positions are so I had to chuckle on and yet, here, months later, I'm still getting dinged where I've had to tell them, look, opt me out, quit contacting me. And I'm sure I'll get more emails, phone, phone calls later. So the, the, the message that I think Lori's really trying to say is, I know you can shop anywhere with anyone online, but just because they say they can give you an interest rate, until they actually run your credit report, you really can't compare apples to apples. They're going to want to see how long you're employed at a certain place, what your credit looks like, what you uh, what your cash position is in terms of deposits in the bank. So until you give them all of that information, they there's no way that you can compare apples to apples. So why not work with somebody local that has access to 1,500 banks that they can figure out of those 1,500, what are the the 10, 15 top resources they can use to help you get the best possible loan. So I'll turn it back over to Lori, but that's kind of what she's wanting to help you understand is the process behind the curtain, as I call it. You know, it's such a mystery. And, you know, there's the man behind the curtain, but what's he really doing and how does it really work? It's very interesting business. So 
For example, if you go into a bank, uh, they get the, the bank's interest rates are all retail. So they've got tons of walk-in clients like Bank of America. So they don't really have to be as competitive as like someone like some like a mortgage broker. So my all my lenders don't ha- don't employ loan officers or loan originators like me uh, because they don't want the overhead, they don't want the cost. They pay my company to originate the loans and and handle the process. And so we get the rates at, at wholesale, which is why I have a little bit of an edge on the interest rate if you go with a broker. And then the second reason, that I think this is huge too, is there's a process called underwriting, which the underwriter is like an auditor, and they're going to underwrite you, and then they're going to underwrite the house. So let's say that you're at Bank of America, and for some reason they don't like the house, or they or, the, or it's a condominium and they find something wrong. You're just stuck there. They can't they can't call another lender and go, oh, can you do this property? I could actually move your loan to, to a lender that, that can do the property. If there's it's like, if there's like a hiccup like that, you're not just in their box. So I, And I'm very creative. I've, I've been in the business my entire life. I, I can do creative financing. I know how to finance interesting homes and, you know, if you find some, like a manufactured home or something. And uh, so I'm just a really good resource for things that are, are outside of the box. I could, like everybody wants this cookie cutter A-plus client and 20% down, but I've got all kinds of programs for, like, if you have, if you're self-employed, I can use bank statements, or uh, if your credit score is, like, under 620 or 640, I have programs for that. Um, I have zero down programs. I do construction loans, and I do renovation loans. If you find a house you want to buy and you want, and you don't, it's not up to speed, I can do a renovation loan for you um, and get it up to your qualifications. And uh, so, anyway, I just have a lot of tricks. So, so what, I think that's what, really important. What I'm hearing is that if, if you're undecided as a buyer about what type of loan you try to get, whether it's a, a FHA insured loan, a, a VA guaranteed loan, a conventional loan with low down payment, maybe it's a USDA farm loan, or maybe yeah. it's a first time homebuyer program that we have in the state of Washington. And if you're sitting there thinking, well, I don't know if my credit's all that good, Sure, you can go to Credit Karma and look at it and kind of see what it might be, but you should reach out to someone like Lori and have them pull a credit report. And what they do is what's called the Tri-Bureau Credit Report. So they're going to get one from the three major bureaus and then get a consensus of what that is. And that's also an opportunity for you to get a copy of that credit report and help correct any mistakes that might be on there that will help uh, your credit stats as well, but there are loans out there that if your credit scores are 640 and above, that uh, they can probably fit something in there for you. And what she's also sharing with you is that if you go to Bank of America and they say no, then you've got to go and apply at Chase, and they're going to run their own credit report. And if they say no, and you go to Wells Fargo, and they say no, then you got to go find it. You know, every time you do that you got to run another credit report, and that would be considered a hard look on your credit. That brings your credit report down, if I'm not mistaken, whereas what she can do is she packages it all up, and it may end up going to Chase, and they say no. Well, she doesn't have to run another credit report. She can just take that package and go to Wells Fargo, and they say no, and then she can take it to Bank of America, and it doesn't cost you anything more for her to do that. That's what she does, and you don't have to run credit reports. The other thing that's changed in years past, years past it used to be she would company would go get the loan and they'd buy the loan at wholesale and whatever those 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 discount points were with that wholesale lender, they didn't have to disclose that to anyone. 
which was kind of an interesting situation back in 2005, 6, 7, and 8. Whereas me, as a real estate agent, I have to disclose my fees, all of them up front. And at that time, a lot of wholesale lenders did not, which was really not to the best interest of the buyer. Well, today, that's totally different. Whereas they have to give you what's called a good faith estimate once you make formal loan application. And that's what they think the loan costs are going to be, including any prepaid like taxes, prepaid interest, appraisal, credit report. And what's going to cost to get this loan? And it has to be transparent. It has to be pretty darn close because when you go through the escrow process and you've been approved and now we're trying to bundle up all the paperwork to, to send off to escrow, before the lender can do that, they have to send you a document that is going to declare exactly what those loan costs are. And it has to pretty much be in line with your good faith estimate. Then you have three business days in which to review and approve that that information is pretty darn accurate. So it kind of keeps everybody you know, very transparent about the process of, and I think it's called the, uh, what's that document called? It's called the CD. Uh, closing disclosure, yeah, the CD. Yeah, the closing uh, disclosure. So the closing uh, cost uh, disclosure. So there's many layers to all this. So let me ask you this, Lori. So someone can go to your website, they click on apply here. And so will they get uh, a live person to chat with? Is there a chat box on there? Will they be shipped to, to uh, India or China to talk to an operator? Or will they get a chance to actually interact with you or maybe your assistant, Leanne. I mean, how does that work once they click that button? And will they get inundated with emails and text messages to apply, apply, apply? <laughs> <laughs> it says, interesting question. So when you click that box, I immediately get notified that you click that box. So I get an email that says, Ray Dove has started an application and we just wanna let you know. And so let's say that Ray starts the application, decides, oh gosh, I can't finish this right now, I gotta come back to it later. So there will be a reminder sent out within like 24 hours just saying, hey, you forgot to finish your application. Or I might even chime in and say, and send you an email and say, hey, I see you started the application, did you get stuck? Can I help in any way? We don't have a chat box on there, although that's a great idea and I'm gonna suggest it. But yeah, but I am notified right away and you can always call me. The, the application goes right into my website, it's 100% secure. Uh, and if there's, and you'll, you have my phone number and, and my signature, so you can always call me or text me. And I, I so when they apply, out. push that apply button, you're going to ask them for specifics: their name, their address, right. their social security number, all that stuff. So that's 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 a secured site to where they yes. can feel confident in giving you that information. And exactly. then I would assume that once they sign up, that that site automatically starts the process of of getting a credit report on them. Is that correct? They have to click a box that says you authorize us to pull the credit, um, otherwise I won't pull the credit. And um, I, I mean, not, a lot of people are concerned about having their credit pulled. And if you don't want it pulled, I can still pre-qualify you for a home loan. No problem. You just have to let me know what kind of car payments you have on credit cards. But I can't issue a pre-approval until you hit that box, just a pre-qualification. So Ray could not use a pre-qualification on an offer for a house. He has to have an actual pre-approval. But I'm happy to do that if you don't want your credit pull, because I understand that. One other thing I want to say that's awesome is I have a rapid rescore program. So I, I pull credit all the time, and, and maybe a client is maxed out on a credit one credit card or something, and so they're scoring 720. Well, I'll do, I can 
I can tell you what to do to get your score to 740, which is, that's how you get the best interest rate, is the 740 middle score of the three girls. It has to be middle 740. I can tell you what to do to get up to that score and take like a quarter percent off your interest rate. I do it all the time and I pay for it. It's my, it's my um, contribution to your success. So, uh, and, and if there's errors, the same thing. Let's say your score is only 680 and there's a couple errors on there. I can, I can do the rapid rescore for that as well. It is a permanent, it comes off your credit report permanently if there's like a collection that's an error. But the balance thing, because if you keep charging, of course, it's going to go back up. And so I always tell people, don't try not to charge. Don't buy anything after you apply for a home loan. I just kind of try to. Uh, yeah, I was just going to ask you about that because I think that's what most people need to understand. I chuckle sometimes because I saw something the other day where the real estate agent was meeting their clients a week before closing and yep. the buyer showed up in a brand new car. <laughs> So, oh, so, so Lori, so what Lori's trying to share with you, there's, there's things to do and not to do once you make loan application. And part of the, the process is the, the lenders are looking to see what your income to debt ratio might be. And they're looking at, if I'm not mistaken, any debts that you're going to have that are going to take eight months or more to pay off. Maybe it's 12 months or more. So ten. It's 10. It's 10 months. Okay. So yeah. and that, and so that's car payments or if you got revolving accounts that have been running around forever at 19, 20% interest rate, they're going to look at that. So if you're approved for financing, then all of a sudden right before closing, you go out, buy your appliances, you buy furniture, you buy a new car, you're excited about getting into this new home. And if you put all those things on credit cards, because companies like Home Depot and, and things like that, hey, buy six months, no interest, you know, no payments for six months, they credit bureau, they're going to recheck that to make sure your creditworthiness hasn't changed before they agree to finally fund on your loan. So my That's recommendation is certainly Lori's would be hold off on all that until you close escrow. And then, you know, you can still be excited before them, but don't run around and start buying all these big ticket items because it could end up changing your interest rate, your cost to get the loan, or it could, uh, they could end up just denying you at the, the last minute. And if you're in our current market and you've put up a non-refundable earnest money deposit, you're going to lose that possibly because you failed to get financing because you probably also waived financing. You waived appraisal. You waived inspection. So you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot. Right, Lori? And, and that is correct. Yeah, one other thing I want to mention there is I talked about that underwriter, that auditor person, and they do a background check on everybody that goes into the transaction. So, for example, if you have, let's say you're a W-2 employee over at Amazon or something, but you've got a little side business that you don't tell me about. And let's say that little side business, you get to write off, you know, $20,000 a year on the side business, and that's basically why you have it, and so you need to write off. Well, they're going to find out about it, so you have to tell me everything. And then when... When I, because it's going to come up, if there's anything you can think of that needs to be on this application, when the application is like the most important part of the whole transaction because it tells your story. It tells who you are, where you work, um, how, you know, do you have any other side jobs? Just, so I just would be really careful when you're, when you're filling that out and let me know. And I, like I said, I'm very creative. So let's say you have this side business with this $20,000 loss and it ruins your debt to income ratio. I can help you overcome that. And that's that's kind of what my. He lost me at tell, having to tell you everything. <laughs> ah, everything! I want to know everything. I mean, everything about your employment income yeah, assets. Yeah. Well, it makes that sense is. because you want a very clear picture. You don't want any last-minute surprises. 
like a judgment. Like maybe you went to court and you lost and you had to pay and then you forgot about it. Well, that can show up. And right. you, you know, so um, you just kind of, when you're filling it out, you just kind of have to think about, okay, wait a minute, what is this, you know? Right. Well, did anything sure. go wrong here? Or, um, but I, you know, I'll find, I find out stuff too. I just can't do the background check. It has to be done by the lender. So that the underwriter actually has okay. to. Well, why don't you, let's finish up today with, tell us what what's going on with the interest rates. Are, oh. or are they shot to the moon like the press wants us to believe? Or, you know, I, I, I had to chuckle because, yeah, you know, rates were below 3% last year, year and a half. Now they're pushing 4%. Now, I've been doing real estate for a very long time. I remember the first home I ever bought, the interest rate was 10%. As long as I've been in the real estate business, on average, the interest rates are 9 to 10%. I sold homes when they were at 19%, at 12%. So 4% is still a darn good rate. But the way the media spins it is that nobody can afford a home at 4%. So what do we got going on with the interest rates? And what do you see trending in the next week or two? Very interesting. Okay, so you're probably hearing in the news, too, that, that they're going to raise the prime rate by half a percent on well, March 15th. What does that between mean, the prime rate? Because that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to, uh, I mean, if, if they're talking about raising the prime rate a half a percent, then your market's already factored that in and the rates that they're quoting now because you're ahead of that assumption. Is that correct? Well, yeah, and they're doing that to slow the, um, I forgot the word. Well, <laughs> they're talking about they're, 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 inflation. Right, they're trying to slow down inflation. But the right. prime rate is the interest rate that they charge their best commercial partners. And, of course, we have to keep in mind that the prime rate for the longest time has been where? At zero. Well, uh, three, and a, three and a quarter. Prime rate? It's been prime rate? Prime been at three and a quarter for, like, a couple of years, I think. Okay. At I think you're thinking of the federal funds rate or something. Oh, okay. All right. So federal fund, uh, prime rate is the short-term rate, uh, loans between banks to banks. It's just this weird... Um, like your credit card is affected by prime by prime rate. Your um, car loan would be affected by prime rate, but mortgages are not affected by by prime rate. Mortgages are affected affected by the ten year Treasury bond and what what that's doing. So right now the Fed's selling all their bonds because they're trying to, to they're doing it on purpose to raise the interest rate. So the bond market is going up. If the bond market goes up, then the interest rates go up. So right now, I was just looking at the bond market, and this morning it was at 1.95, and now it's at 1.97. So it's it's going up. <laughs> so, well, there's how my day goes. So I come in the office, and the rates are the rates. And then, like, if the bond market's up like that, in a couple hours, I'll receive these rate increases or market deteriorating emails. They, they like to use this word deteriorating. So if I've got a, if you're on the, like, you just bought your house, and, and you got, I got your offer this morning. I'm on it right away to get the interest rates to you because they can change during the day based on what the bond market's doing. Just like the stock market changes all day long, the mortgage rates can do the same thing. So I, you really have to be careful, or I do, to make sure you, that we get the rate quoted and locked before that next, if there's another, if I see another increase coming does, today. So today, if cost? you were on my table, I'd be like, okay, let's lock. The bond market's going up. Okay. Does it cost money to lock in the interest rate? Does a buyer have to pay an upfront fee to do that? No, we don't charge anything upfront. And ha and, ha and how long does that lock last? Thirty days, forty-five days? Well, if it's a purchase, usually thirty days, and if it's a refinance, forty-five days. I usually lock it um, just based on the property, you know, type of property it is and what your contract says. 
but yeah, it's um, I can do 15 day, 30, 45, 60, 90, 120. I mean, so if you have a new construction, you can lock for quite a while. So the but, message uh, here is, as a consumer, yeah, the prime rate's important in the big scheme of things, if you, especially if you have credit card debt. But what you really want to watch is the 10-year treasury bond market right. to see what it's doing, and that'll give you a better leading indicator as to what mortgage rates might be doing. And like you said, it could change hour to hour from day to day. And with all the different components going on in the marketplace, the pandemic, the, the on-again, off-again war in Ukraine, the convoys in Canada, you name it, there's always something that's going to affect the marketplace, whether it's stock market or interest rate, correct? Exactly. And just one more thing I want to touch on is, is back, back, back to what you just said about the lenders are already factoring this raise uh, because it does eventually raise mortgage rates a little bit when prime rate goes up, or it can. But, um, but typically when it actually hits, like prime rate is supposed to go up on March 15th, then usually the interest rates go down a little bit for mortgages because the, the lenders have been, you know, bracing themselves for it. So then they're like, oh, it's not so bad. So then they, <laughs> then they stop right. bracing themselves. So it's kind that, of a weird game. Right. We see that a lot. So it'll be interesting to track. So uh, every week when we go, when we meet uh, again next week, let's, let's talk about and see what, what's happened from this week to next week and what we see going forward with regards to this 10-year uh, treasury bond and uh, give uh, add some more added insights on what buyers can or can't do. Maybe next week we'll take some time and, and we t roughly talked about the application process. Let's walk a few people sure. through that and how documentation is being shared today because I know what years ago you had to have all these all this documentation and hard copies and now it's gone via the internet in terms of uh, verification of employment, verification of deposits, assets and all that. So let's let's kind of dive into that more next week if we uh, if we could. And this is a good, good start for Lori's mortgage minute or Thank you. Or 20 minutes. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. There's, it's very detailed uh, process. So For sure. It's so how can people reach you? What's your email address? Oh, okay. So Lori A, which is L-A-U-R-I-E-A, at W Walrus, F like Frank, M like Mortgage, T like Tom, G like Goat, dot com. So Lori A at W-F-M-T-G dot com. And your phone number. And I'd say the phone number really slow. One of the chuckles I get in life is like I had somebody call the other day, yeah, we'd really like to see this property, and our phone number is 206-335-2784. And I'm like, what, what? I had to listen to like five times to figure out oh, what the last four digits were. So what's the what's the best number to reach in? Can they call you? Or can they text you? Absolutely. Call, text, email. 425-466-7517. Perfect. All right. Well, with that... Thanks again, Lori, for coming on. I look forward to having you on our podcast every week. And Thank you so much. And hopefully uh, the information she shares with everyone uh, proves to be beneficial in your efforts to find a home and get financing in place so you can purchase your home. Have a great week. Okay. Thanks again Thanks. for listening to Real Estate, Keeping It Simple. Again, I'm Ray Dove, your host here at REMAX Eastside Brokers, Inc., and I can be reached at 425 681 8630. You can call me or text me or email me at raydoveremax at gmail.com. Have a great week.